Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. We have a theme for the year, First Things. It's based upon the words of Jesus Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Can I have a question for her? Is God first in your life? Is he? Now, this month of January, I'm doing a series with all of you called First Things First in the church. Now, the first two parts of this series was based upon a prayer that Jesus made. Now, this series is very visual. What does that mean? I'm using objects to teach. Where do I get that from? God in the Bible. Every festival in the Old Testament is an object lesson for the people. When Jesus walked on earth, he could have said, unless you become like a child... He could have just said those words, but what did Jesus do? He picked up a child as an object and pointed to it. Unless you become a child like this, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Objects are a way of teaching. So that first week, remember this? Here's a building with a steeple. Open the doors. See the church now. Yeah, see the church made up of people. It's not a building. It's People. Jesus died for people, not a building. And Jesus prayed that these people would glorify the Father in him. How do we glorify God? By acknowledging he gives everything. He gives us our life, our body, our mind, our clothing, everything we have. He gives us a building to worship in. He gives us the responsibility of the building, each other, our children, our families, yeah, and we glorify him when we do that. Jesus prayed that these people would be grounded in the word of God, the truth. The second week we gathered, third, part three and four of Jesus' prayer was that these people would realize they can't just gather together. God meant for them to go into the world. Get out of the salt shaker and be salt, okay, and light to the world around them. And we do that when we live in our communities with our families, when we go to work. God wants us to get out into the world and change the world by the way we live and how people see us. And we do that ultimately with the last part of the prayer was that these people would love one another, love God, and share that love. And love, yes, is tough on the essentials, the word of God. The fact that Jesus is God Almighty, word and sacrament ministry, by grace alone, faith alone, through scripture alone. But when it comes to the non-essentials, okay, know that we can have unity in diversity. You see, if my favorite instrument is a saxophone and yours is a flute, guess who made us that way? God. <laughs> we have unity in the essentials. Okay, but 
diversity when it comes to non-essentials. Love sacrifices. Today is part three. And today I get a little more personal with your life, your family. Not as a family brought together, but when you leave this building and go into your family, your world, and where you live. This is what Moses is talking to the people about. Weekly, daily, how you live. Now, there's two big offerings in the Old Testament. One is a sin offering. If you sin, you got to bring an offering, a sacrifice. We live in a world where that's finished. Jesus is our sin offering. He forgives our sins. But from the book of Genesis to today, there's a principle in the Bible that has never changed and is always the same. It's called first fruits returned to the Lord. Let's take a closer look at that once again. Let's look at this scripture reading, okay? Exodus 13, I've got the right page now. The Lord said to Moses, okay, consecrate. What does that mean? Make holy, set apart. It's important to me, God says. To me, all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast is mine. 11, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the children of Israel were enslaved in Egypt. They had nothing. Slaves, no land, owned nothing. And God took them out of slavery and gave them the land of the Canaanites. They didn't get that themselves. It was given to them. As he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you. God made a promise. I'll give you the promised time. They believed it. They lived under that promise. And guess what? It was given to them. 12, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are male shall be the Lord's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, you shall break its neck. I hope some of you are going, what? Every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. And when it's time to come, your son asks you, this is what it's all about. This is what I want you to take home. When your son or your daughter or your granddaughter or your niece or your nephew or somebody you know asks you why or what does this mean, you better have an answer. For when Pharaoh, excuse me, what does this mean? You shall say to them by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. All right. Little object lesson. Here's a donkey. Kind of cute, isn't it? Okay. A donkey gives birth about once a year, every once every 18 months. Okay. A donkey is stubborn. Know anybody that's stubborn? And then I have this cute little sheep, little lamb, right? Now a lamb will give birth to three or four lamb, or a sheep, a lamb, three or four in one year. 
So if you have cattle, you probably have a lot more little lambs than donkeys. It is God who says, this donkey is unclean. It is not fit for an offering. But if this donkey gives birth to a colt, it's mine, says the Lord. If you don't want to give it to me, that's fine. Break its neck. But I'll give you the option to redeem it since it's the firstborn. Take one of your lambs and sacrifice it. And it's redeemed. Why? Because I said so. In fact, you go on to Leviticus, the last verses. God says this. The first fruits of your fields is mine. The first of your cattle, a tenth, one out of ten, is mine. I gave it to you, all of it. Return to me, the holy one, the first one, the consecrated one, to me. And hopefully, you are sitting here this morning going, why did God ask that? What does this mean? I want you to imagine now, go back. I'm going to say, let's go back 2,400 years. B.C. history. You live as a child of God. God has asked you to be a part of his kingdom, his nation, and to seek his will. And you have a family, and your son Year after year, sees the cattle coming in. The first one to open the womb is the Lord's. Every tenth is the Lord's. And then your son sees when you redeem a donkey or when you redeem anything, you have to sacrifice an innocent lamb. Freeze frame. An unclean animal represents you. And the Lamb of God has redeemed you. We know that. But I'm taking you before all of that. And your son finally comes home from Hebrew college and looks at you as a father or a mother or an uncle or an aunt says, Aunt, why do we do this? What does it mean? Explain it to me, Dad. And I want you to imagine this. Son, sit down. I want to tell you a story. I want to take you back to the Garden of Eden. Remember Cain and Abel? God requires first fruits. What did Abel bring? First fruits. The best. The first. What did Cain bring? Fruits. Something. And he got angry at God for even requiring it. He got angry at his brother and killed him. But let me tell you something, son, that's been since the history of the world. God says, it's all mine. Return to me. A tenth. First fruits. Now, it is our forefathers. It is my great grandparents and yours that lived in Egypt. They had nothing, son. They were enslaved in Egypt, and it is God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, the house of slavery, and gave them that first commandment, put nothing before me. 
I'm the only God. And when we came out, we celebrated the Passover meal. And in the Passover meal, God says, there's one thing you teach your children. It is the Lord's Passover. He passed over us with the angel of death. It didn't affect us. But those Egyptians, the firstborn, every one of them died. That's chapter 12 of Exodus. In chapter 13, they're headed to the promised land. Son, we are now in that promised land. All the cattle I have, all the lambs I have, all the land I have, son, none of it's mine. It's all God's. And to keep me focused on him, to make sure that I put him first in my life, God requires of me, of all the things I give him, to return to me a tenth, the first one. And son, as a nation, as an individual with a group of people, okay, I need to glorify my God, and I want you to. And we glorify God by acknowledging him, the giver of every good gift. As a nation, the world needs to see that about us Hebrews, children of Israel. And we need to stand on God's word. When God says something is clean and something is unclean, we believe it. We follow it. We listen to him because our God is a God of promise. And he's never reneged on any promises. And he promises that if we return to him, we'll never be in need. Son, we are to perforate this world. As the children of Israel, we are not exclusive, we are inclusive. We're here to bring others in this world into worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When we came out of the land of Egypt, those Egyptians, many of them came with us. When we came into this promised land, those who wanted to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, we brought them in. We perforate the world. And we make a difference with our love. Because son, when this lamb is sacrificed, it goes to the synagogue. It goes to the temple. And there, there's a tribe called the Levites. They have no land. The 12 tribes have all this land. And God requires us to return this 10% to his temple his synagogue, his people. And it is the Levites that use this to help the hungry. And so that lamb we sacrifice, we can't turn back from it. We give it to the Lord in his house and the Levites use it to help the homeless, the alien, the foreigner. And when we give 10%, it is used in God's kingdom here on earth to make a difference. So son, this is why we do this and you're going to grow up someday and you're going to make a living. And I need to teach you this because God in his word says, you teach this to your children to put me first. And we must do that in action, word, and deed and in our finances and in everything God has given us. So now son, when you grow up, you have a choice to make. 
You can do it your way or you can do it God's way. If you do it your way, I'm here to tell you, you're better off at 90% with God than 100% on your own. Son, I'm asking you, don't be stubborn like a donkey. I'm asking you to be like a lamb that follows the shepherd, knowing the shepherd will provide everything and your cup will overflow. But now, son, as you grow up and make your money and have your own family and you go out into the world, if you find yourself like this sheep, lost, because sheep often get lost, Son, I want you to remember the words of the last prophet in the Old Testament, Malachi. Wherever you go and if life isn't working out for you and life never seems to measure up and you're in need and lacking, I want you to remember these words. Malachi says this, speaking for the Lord. Return to me, and I'll return to you. And son, if you're lost out there, you might be saying, how can I return to the Lord? And you know what God will say to you? Will a man rob God? And you might be saying, how am I robbing God? And God's answer will be this in your tithes and in your offerings and contributions. You're robbing me. And that's why you're not blessed. But God will say this. This is the good news, son. Test me in this. I'll make a promise to you. If you believe I answer prayers, if you believe I'll take you to heaven, if you believe I've given you everything, then believe this, bring the full tithe to the storehouse so that my house will be full and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out so, blessing, so much blessing upon you, you'll have no need for nothing and it'll be overflowing in your life. Hmm. First fruits, returning to the Lord. That's a principle throughout the Bible. It never stops. I'm here standing before all of you this morning to let you know my entire life, I've been a first fruit return to the Lord person. Ever since I had a paper out where I made $2.50 a week, I'd give a quarter to the Lord. Where did I learn that? From my parents. That's how they taught all my siblings and I. You return to the Lord the first, not the last, or what you think you can. You return to the Lord 10%, and you'll never, ever be lacking. I want you to know, as a witness, as God is my witness, I've returned 10% my entire life. Many times more. 
And I've never been lacking anything. And I truly believe in my mind, I'm the most blessed man on earth. Why? Because the Lord's promised that. Now, if I were to start out this message, I'm going to teach or talk about tithing today. Half of you might have never even came. <laughs> but if I'm talking to you about putting God first, first fruits returning to the Lord, hopefully you're listening. And I'd like to challenge you here this morning. I don't know where you are and what you return to the Lord in contributions, offerings, but a tithe is this, 10%. It's always been that way. 90% with God will outdo 100% on your own every time. Let's say you're doing your taxes this year, and I'm sure many of you will before April 15th. I want you to take a close look at what you give away or return to the Lord into his storehouse. Now, if you figure you're at 2%, I'm going to challenge you this year to add 2% to it. By the end of the year, you'll be at 4%. In four years, you'll be at a full tithe. God promises you'll never look back. You'll never miss it. You'll have all your needs met. In fact, in Psalm 37, 4, this is what God says. Delight yourself in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. What's delighting yourself in the Lord? His will, his kingdom, seek it. Now, let's say you're at 5% maybe in your giving. I'm going to encourage you to up that 2% this year. And in three years, you'll be at 10%. Maybe you're at 1%, up at 2%. Within five years, you'll be at 10%. I challenge you to take God at his word and his promise that I'll open up the windows of heaven and you'll have so much. I ask you, do you believe that? Do you? I hope so. If you're at 10%, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I don't need to convince you of anything because you're like, wow, yeah, I could stand up and give testimony. But I'm here just to tell you the good news of what God wants to do for you. I'm going to challenge you within five years to get there. You'll never look back. It's a blessing. It's part of putting God first in every area of our life. Amen.